This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air. Nau mai ki te ngātahi o te tau, te putanga o te hinu. I'm Peter Pifanga. Welcome to Te Ngātahi, a program about the long view, the wider perspective of life here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I'll begin by introducing myself. My name changed from Philip to Piripi along the journey of fighting for Māori language rights in the 1980s. I didn't think much of it at the time in the heat of the battle, and only later started using Piripi when I met new people. But in searching for a title explaining how Māori New Zealand changed from my dad's time in the 1930s to the 2000s, the Māorification of my birth name captures the transformation well. This story is my opinion of what's happened in Aotearoa, and is still happening. My memoir is called From Philip to Piripi, Life on the Māori Margins. As for definitions throughout my writing, I use Māori in its original meaning as natural, native or common. The word Pākehā derives from Pake Pākehā, meaning imaginary beings resembling people with fair skins. Historian, and also my journalism tutor, Michael King, believed it was a valid term that gave treaty status to settler belonging. King suggested a contemporary meaning of Pākehā could be a white native. Following this line, tongue-in-cheek, I use the term mixed native sometimes to describe a person with parents of differing ethnicity who wants to belong in a country, a person who wants their roots acknowledged. My native Māori side has had to struggle to find and nurture those roots. Equally, my Pākehā Irish side has had its own struggle to accept its colonial history and find its own belonging here in Aotearoa. It's yet to trace that belonging in Ireland on location, but through my dad's whakapapa of the Irish side, I have a good grounding. My life story is about my two sides finding harmony. Like my Irish and Māori ancestors, I weave lots of stories to get a point across. Like belonging, like my songs that you'll come across. As on a journey, I may stray at times, but the side unravelling eventually joins back into the main thread. I take the reader through my childhood, schooling and tertiary training before launching out into a career in media journalism of newspaper, radio and magazine. There's also a bit about the influence of religion, the Catholic Church, and I examine Tao Māori, the Māori world. Music also gets a spot in my life, as it has been a deep well for me to drink from in times of spiritual and cultural drought. Other areas I cover are the death of my dad and the rethink that launched me into writing and putting together this book and this program, and then going on to university. I'm still trying to finish up and draw my threads together, and given how that came about, speculate on where I think we, as people of Aotearoa New Zealand, are headed. If you can relate to some familiar cultural markers along my journey, you may also have a better idea of where you and your whānau are headed. Perhaps we have been sharing the same road. I'd like to look at how Dad's road opened the eyes of today's Aotearoa. You see, my dad was a native speaker of Māori, 
like many other native Maori speakers, forbidden by government policy to kōrero at school. So he didn't teach Maori to his children, but instead taught adults at night classes through most of his life. What he did teach me, though, was that to successfully adapt to change, you need to be flexible in your own culture. So I believe tradition has to be reinvented in each generation. I grew up in the first urban Maori generation without land and language and got to use those skills as a young adult fighting for Maori cultural recognition in the area of media communications. The Maori world has greatly changed since Dad's day. He would be pleased and surprised that te reo Maori is now encouraged in schools and on radio and television. But... The price has been a yawning gap between Māori knowledgeable about that world and those who live outside its cover. This story is the personal record of that change and a developing philosophy and how I walk between Māori and Pākehā worlds. Unlike the colonising of some countries, New Zealand had much intermarriage between settlers and indigenous Māori. My mixed parentage is a common story, I believe, By making sense of my life, I can give a clue to New Zealand's changing society and where we're headed. I began to set the story down in 2004. It said, only when your parents die do you realise how much you're on your own and you take stock of what makes you, you. The death of my first role models was completed when Dad died in 2004. Mum had already died in 1974. By the early 2000s, Māori culture was in vogue. There had been a big turnaround in public perception from Dad's day. And this change has only gathered pace since then. Historians like Michael King and Paul Moon say the New Zealand I was born into, the 1950s, had little time for Māori culture. It was seen to exist on the periphery of society. But times were changing as rural Māori, like my dad, came to the cities to work and raise families. My parents were part of the post-war government policy of pepper-potting, sprinkling Māori amongst Pākehā neighbourhoods to encourage assimilation. I was born into those times, but, unlike my adult dad, I didn't have to compete with Pākehā to prove I was worthy. That was because my parents' generation had done such a great job of raising us as confident children, Or perhaps it was because I had assimilated so well. When I got to be a young adult, I thought, why are these Pākehā so ignorant of what Māori like Dad have to share? The answer seemed to be a bad attitude to learning. So, after a time, I stopped banging my head against the wall explaining Māori things to Pākehā and turned my attention to exploring the Māori world. I worked for many years developing Māori radio, print and television and helped government institutions to get a handle on Māori stuff. I was part of what history books write about as the Māori renaissance of the 1980s where Māori symbols and language restored a public Māori voice. Government recognition came through the beginning of the settlement of treaty claims beginning with Tainui in 1995. Ngaitahu followed in 1998. But this new relationship was at an institutional level between central government and Māori tribal groupings. Foreshadowing the current hassle that local councils are having how to best represent Māori in their areas. But in the 1980s, the ordinary citizen, 
brown or white, had to puzzle through what was happening as best as he or she could. That's why I took the road I did, working in between the contemporary Māori world and mainstream institutions. I became comfortable in both, as a journalist, as a teller of stories. In my making sense of life after Dad died, I could see that my strength was the flexibility to cultural change. My tūpuna, like I Hakafanga, who lived between 1808 and 1875, were open to European culture, and from what I read and heard, he was all for pepper-potting Pākehā around the Mahia district and between Hawke's Bay and Gisborne. This was to ensure the survival of Māori culture, albeit one that was changed to suit the times. I think there is a parallel learning from Mum's Irish ancestors, who survived by immigrating from counties Kerry and Longford to Aotearoa during the lifetime of Ihaka. Because of the cultural resilience of my Irish mum, Rita, and my Māori dad, Doxy, my compass has always steered me between roads rather than on roads. I have borrowed freely from my Irish and Māori roots. That today for me is the New Zealand culture I practice. There was a curious parallel between my cultural awakenings and that of the country, which always seemed to lag a few steps behind. When battering down fences guarding to me what was a blind Pākehā perspective in the media world, I thought, wouldn't it be easier for me not to have to force the pace and make the challenge? This thought occurred to me with my involvement in the first Māori journalism course at Wairiki Polytech in 1985 and later with my first Māori language radio broadcasting course in 1992. The medicine I was mixing for others to take first had to be swallowed by me. I had to let go of complacently accepting the status quo, of letting the majority view tell me what was important. Only too well had I picked up the New Zealand bottom line that Dad and Mum seldom talked about, that to assert any difference risked standing out in the crowd. Conformity was, and still is, a New Zealand characteristic across all society. Any attention drawn to differences, such as ethnicity or culture, are discouraged, or they have to be justified. In my time it was, why was there a need for the Department of Maori Affairs, where my dad worked? This conformity desire sometimes has strange reasonings, such as, well, if we're doing it for Maori... Why not for all other ethnicities? My journey to brown the New Zealand media was possible because there was no defined trail. I didn't even know that's what I was doing. I trained as a journalist at the end of the era of cadet apprenticeship, the -the on-the-job training. Mine at Wellington Polytech was the beginning of a specialised intensive training course. There were only a handful of Māori journalists in 1970. One of the earliest before this time was the first race conciliator, Harry Danzi. But unlike journalism, my cultural training was on the job as befitting a whānga like my great-great-granddad Ihaka Whānga. His life education began early when his dad, Te Rātau, and all Ihaka's seven older siblings were ambushed and killed at Mahia as part of a revenge killing by his cousin Matenga to Kariaho. Ihaka, as the youngest, was rescued by a tohunga, Toiroa, who had a premonition of death. From Philip to Piripi, 
Life on the Māori Margins. To be continued in further programs of Te Ngātahi o Te Tau, Te Putanga o Te Hinu. Hoi. Well, my great-great-grandfather, Ihaka, I mentioned as a pioneer model to me, had his main pa on Waikawa, Portland Island, in the 1880s. He was a patron of the early sealers and whalers who had bases there. As fate would have it, the lighthouse established there was staffed at one time by the ancestor of my next guest. That's Piri Shasha. His great-grandfather, Nicola, left Sicily as a merchant seaman and came to Aotearoa. He looked after lighthouses from Wellington to Kaipara, up north. His great-grandson Piri died in 2020. Moi mai I spoke to Piri in 1988, after he and his whanau had returned from a reunion in Trani, Sicily, with the Italian side of the family. He also explains how his name changed from Piri Siasia to Shasha. Nā tēnā, koe nei te kōrero mō tēnā, te, te whakahuri o tēnā. Tēnā koe, Piri. Kia ora, tēnā koe. Piri, first of all, um, you had an 88 reunion of your family, of the Shasha family. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what brought that together? Our family had been a part of a greater family reunion, uh, which was in 1972, was the McGregor whānau. We had, um, and there were 12 children, Lydia and Nicola were the parents. Lydia was the eldest of that family. And so we had some uh, history, if you like, of, of family reunions that we'd been involved for at least uh, 10, 15 years prior to that. And there had always been, as a result of that, an interest to have a reunion for ourselves, for just our part of the family, uh, around our Italian tipuna, so that we could explore who Nicola was and where he came from. And there had been um, uh, a finding of uh, a series of letters that were written to Nicola by his family in Italian and had been held by the eldest daughter and had been found their way through to Uncle Sonny, who was our sort of like leading elder in the Sadie Eight time, um, uh, in in a way that sort of revived interest as well in in who Nicola Shasha was, and and so he reached out with those letters to the uh, Italian ambassador at the time, Guido Nicosia, and he came and was our guest uh, to the Shasha. Uh, or what was then the CSEF family reunion at the Foxton Racecourse. And we'd held the McGregor one at the uh, Tione Makarika reunion at the Foxton Racecourse um, several years earlier. What is the whakapapa of your your Sicilian? Was it should be a great-great... How many great-great-grandfather is it? Mm-hmm. He's my uh, great-grandfather and... His his name was Nicola, and he was the son of uh, Carlo Shasha and Maria di Toma, and 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 his grandfather, in fact, bore the name uh, Nicola as well. 
because they quite often do that, Nicola Carlo, Nicola Carlo, and they just hand them on down. But his his grandfather, Nicola, was married to Margarita Scaringi. She was a Scaringi. Uh, Carlo, the son, was married to Maria di Toma, and then there were about six in Nicola's family. He was the eldest son. The second, the, the eldest sister, was called Margarita after the um, the grandmother, and then him and, and others in the family. What was then the Maori connection? Because obviously this is, this is how you, you come into this. Where was your great-grandmother um, from? Mm-hmm. She's a Ngāti Raukawa woman from the Takihiku um, hapu and Ngāti Whakamana, uh, the two sort of karangatanga of, of that particular whānau were Ngāti Whakamana and Ngāti Takihiku. But they've, we've tended, because the marae is in Ngāti Raukawa, tended to uh, ally more to uh, the mother's mother's side, who was Pirihira, but the, the father, the Tione Makarika, that's the Whakamana side, which is Duval Island. And so all around that whole Wellington, Duval Island areas where this was where her family come from, and back from that is back in the Duval Island line, which is Ngati Kuia, Ngati Upper, and on the mother's side back into Rokoa proper, Takahiku and Maniaputo. So those were the sort of comings together of the of the different families that led to Pirihira or Riria's mother on on that side. The family themselves, uh, Nicole and Lydia had uh, 11 children, nine of whom lived and married and had children. And uh, most of them, uh, the early marriages are to Rokoa people around that area where they came from. But um, uh, Lydia's brother was Hokofitu Makareka or McGregor, and he was a carver. And is a long, involved story, but he ends up uh, carving a meeting house for Ngāti Kere in Pōrangahau, in Ngāti Kahungunu. And he went, and she went with her brother and all her teenage kids, and about five of them married into Pōrangahau, one of whom is my grandfather, the son, the youngest son, who married uh, Atareta uh, Hokianga of Pōrangahau, and dad and, and my, down to our generation and on. So there's quite a, uh, you know, a linking into Kahungunu, big families there, Rokawa families, and the only major one outside it was the second eldest daughter, Auntie Polly, married a MacDonald, married into Rangitane, and they have the biggest whanau. They have a huge, all those MacDonalds from Blenheim, um, around Blenheim and Wairo, uh, or a lot of them, uh, they're all shasha whānau as well. And uh, they had, uh, see, like of our current 3,800 3, from uh, nine children, uh, close to a 1,000 of them are, are Max. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what you know of your great-grandfather and how he met your great-grandmother. Well, he came as a as a merchant seaman and came with those kind of qualifications and and came with the kind of passports and the family still got all those papers, and so we know that that's that's we he obviously left uh, Italy in a pretty rough patch, um, got out here as a merchant seaman, and uh, the first job that we see him on is an assistant pilot on the um, Foxton. 
Ed and Foxton on the Manawatu River and then a pilot and then he became a lighthouse keeper and assistant lighthouse keeper and then a lighthouse keeper and he's actually like a lot of the family all get born on those west coast lighthouses at um, um, in Raglan, Kafia, uh, Kaipara Heads uh, he did a time here in Wellington and Nelson as well but he ended up in on Nukutaurua uh, Portland Island on the Portland Island lighthouse where he was um, killed tragically he was gored by a bull and um, left a, you know, a wife with this big family. But his time seems to have come here and plied, in his time came and applied himself to the work that was available to him with his merchant seaman background. Now, between your reunion in, in 88, um, what made you personally want to continue on with this digging into your um, Sicilian past? Well, I, I was just firstly aware that the, the centenary of his event was coming up and I, I had been involved in, in creating centenary events where people had long forgotten that this is the anniversary of and my other two claims to fame just quickly are, is like the first time the Māori Land Court ever came to Pōrangahau. It sat, and it was the first subdivision of a land block in the Ekaroa district. And I think it was about, like, uh, 1979. And I discovered this and created the centenary visit of the New Zealand Māori Land Court. And the other one was Wahenare Matua's death, who was a great leading figure in our district. So gathered the whānau up and said, hey, you know, this is coming up. So I've sort of had this kind of centenary. Let's mark the centenary in a, in a, in a, way, in, in a good way. So knew that grand, great-grandfather Nicola's centenary was coming, f- coming up in March 1998. And so in 1995, suggested to our family that w- we might think of ways of doing, doing uh, you know, celebrating the whole thing. Okay, you obviously wanted to know more about the person that you, um, you know, to, to make it significant. Um, where were you putting that in terms of being the connection with the Maori connection with the Sicilian? Did you feel as though there was um, some some um, you know sympathy between the two cultures? I mean, did you know much about your Sicilian side? I, I can't say that I did. Uh, all 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 the, the, the Maori connection, the connection to my kind of Maori belief and philosophy, is that kuera te tuturutanga. Mena efakara te tuturana Kiaya, the Where did he come from? And so you, you've got to go back there, and you've got to deal with his genealogy, and you've got to deal with whoever the Fanonga are. And until you do, you really don't know anything about this person. He's just some man buried out here uh, in in Waikawa. So how do we go beyond that? Well, he he. You know, by this stage, we knew that. There were these five or six other brothers and sisters. They had children. One sister in particular had eight children living in a little place. They must, there must be relatives there. So it was a question, in a, probably from a, sort of my Māori value base, which I think is what you're asking, uh, was, to, was to examine the whakapapa of this man and to make connection with living relatives. If nothing else, to go and go to the place that he was born and announce to those people and to that community 
that we are of this man and a part of us therefore comes from here we are you and you are us because that's that's the Maori Maori way of thinking about those things so we we put this effort into um, uh, finding a way to establish a connection between our wishes and that place and signal to important people over there that we were coming and that these were our wishes and so that's when the, the film documentary was picked up they went and tried to find those people and they weren't able to but they created a, a, a presence they created a a consciousness around an awareness that here was a family coming from New Zealand a hundred years later um, full of love for this ancestor they'd ever seen yeah. open hearts towards Trani and towards its people uh, you know going to drop in and cover themselves in olive oil you know the next day and, and, and that's exactly who we were and what we did and I've I've actually sort of just seen this in our family. It's a rather, um, what's an endearing kind of quality that's there. It's something that's rather special, in that we've, although we've never known these this man and these people and all that, this thing is as alive. If he was to walk in, or oh, Papa, you know, oh, Nicola, you know, it would be it would be that easy to embrace him or his people. And that's exactly what happened when we got there. When we met people who even remotely were connected to us, our reaction as Māori people were, was totally open. So we met three individuals who had these connections to us, and they're all sort of quite tenuous. The first real connection has happened since we've come back. It's been a response. But our whole going there was about... If you want to make connection and celebrate this man's death out here in in Waikawa, then the deepest way you can do that is to go and have placed yourself in Itona Tūranga Waiwai, Iroto Itona Waidua Era Hutanga Katoa. Kia So that when we stand at his graveside, we got some sense about who he is, who we're dealing with. And, and we had that. That's exactly what happened. What did you find amongst your Sicilian whanaunga to, to, to the Maori side? Uh, was it, is it in any way similar to the, the aroha you felt? When we got to know the, the individuals that did come, um, well, there's two levels. There were those who were supportive of our whole idea, plus the individuals that came out. Um, everybody was a little bit tenuous, you know, not wanting to overdo it. Uh, not too sure who Tomas or Shasha was or uh, Francesco di Toma. They weren't, they weren't sure of their connections. They had just seen the story. They wanted to come and say hello and they were supportive of what we were doing and, and so on. So our reaction to them was uh, warm, Oh, we're just far as we're concerned, kia ora, this is what we come for. But we, but language was the barrier. We couldn't speak Italian. And they couldn't really speak very much English at all. So we could, and of course they couldn't speak Māori. So <laughs> we, we uh, it became a barrier. And we should have done more work as a group before we went. But I mean, 
we did well to get a group to go of that size. You know, we had elders in there at 80 years old, and I finally pulled out the visa card and threw my son on there at age 15. So those were our spread, four generations from 15 years to 80 years, and we were we, we did well to just even make this thing happen, let alone plug all the gaps. Um, you know, when you're in South Italy... You ain't going, you're not going to run into too many speakers of English. You need to have translators and so on. So we missed one golden opportunity because the third individual that came, Gian, Gianfranco Porachetti, arrived on a, in a morning, an older man, and he had the New Zealand death certificate of Nicola that was sent to Italy by our grandmother, uh, no doubt to the family, because uh, the response, one of the letters that was here is from Carlo Colomatino. This is from the sister who went to live in um, Bishalia with the big family. The son, Carlo, wrote back a very short letter in English regretting that his uncle had died, hoping that he would meet his cousins and so on. Now, at that time, we believe that the... Um, uh, death certificate went here it is 95 years later sitting framed as readable as day it's obviously cared for and could only have come from the family somewhere so who is this man standing in front of us with it what is his connection is he our family if he and, and he had to be uh, which branch does he well, we just could not get to those kids because we didn't have the language However, he's still there, we hope. Hopefully nothing's happened to him. And, and, and the other mishap, because everybody thought that someone else had covered this gap, is that we didn't come away with his address. He's Gianfranco Boracetti in Bishalia, but what the address is, I don't know. The <laughs> only thing I do know, it's in the phone book, because I looked it up in the phone book at the hotel, and I saw that it was. And I didn't write it down, because I believed my sister or my brother had done I thought about ten others had written down his address, and we'll get back and put that all together. And no one wrote down this address. And I've we've written to a number of these people and sent them photos of the centenary celebrations, but we've not heard from them. And, uh, and, and I think there's... Um, it's it's uh, they're not quite in the same space about connecting to the world as we are. Um, I don't know why. It's part of the culture, obviously. They're less um, on the front foot. This one from Michael Shasha. That's front foot material. Mm. That's the guy who saw the the program and rang Uncle a few weeks ago. Rang and faxed, but then we've heard nothing from them since. So you're just sort of not not a hundred percent sure, you know, about uh, like they came out and then they disappeared again. So you have to wonder what that's about. I don't know. I mean, it, it could be a little bit about they're not so eager to to uncover the past as perhaps you are. I mean, that's that's one of the thoughts that must have gone through your mind. How are you prepared for that? I I don't think that we. Uh, I, I think. The only way in which we're prepared is to accept whatever comes. You know, that's that's the reality of it. I don't think that there's anything from our in our knowledge about the past that needs to be avoided or to be careful about or whatever. Um, and I'm, I, I'd leave rumour, you know, sort of speculation as to why he came and things that happened 
in that in that realm. It just really isn't worthwhile building any sort of like future thinking or approach uh, around that. And I think that the way forward is to build on the connections that you've got, and certainly like the time and, and build them because you've got to go back. Just because we dropped in there once in a hundred years doesn't mean to say that everybody's going to roll out the red carpet for us and email us because they don't have email. You know, they have faxes, which is the big thing, but they turn them off at night time and when it's daytime <laughs> here and all this kind of stuff. You know, they're not in the communication world like New Zealand is, not yet, not that part of Italy. Um, like faxes, their limit sort of thing. And so we could go to the when in our hotel and just drop a page on a thing and it'll turn out at work here or at home with home faxes. But um, there you can only do it if you if you can write Italian, you see, and we're still not able to do that. And that would make quite a big difference. If they if a fax fell out into their phone lines tomorrow in Italian, if it's falling out in English, I think that's less an incentive for them to take the next step forward. So I think that we've got some work to do. Is that what you're doing? You're, you're, you are boning up on your Italian. Yeah, yeah. Actually, being really quite good. Learning. Okay, yeah. Want to give us a bit of a spell now? Mi chiamo Pedisciata. Sono Mari, sono Italiano, e forse un po' Siciliani. Faccio Mari, sì. Faccio Mari, sì. Faccio Mari, sì. Faccio Mari, sì. He Māori ahau, he Itariana hoki, kare kore, te te he wāhanga oku, he paku nene, he Sicilia. Okay. Um, this was a build-up to get to know what more about your great-grandfather who died on Waikawa, Portland Island, which is just off the end of the Mahia Peninsula there. Um, how did that go? The... the um, it couldn't have gone better, I, I, I believe. We, we were lucky in that we got uh, from this big family. We got there, first of all, with an organised group. We didn't arrive there with 2,000 trying to cross the water, you know. And uh, Well, we became quite aware of what it meant to the local community and we worked with them in terms of how... Careful, you have to be to be organised, and to do it well so that there's no mishaps. And how easy it is, you've got to get there safely. So we arrived with fifty, not a hundred, not two hundred, not five hundred. We got there with a manageable group. We ended up going by helicopter from the end of the peninsula, down from the Onenui Station Farm through the paddocks from the bottom of the peninsula. Um, and that meant at a, with a plane, with a helicopter flight distance that we could afford. Uh, as it turned out, we would not have got across there by boat uh, on the day because it was too rough. And then you would get to the bottom of a great big hill and you'd have this job of getting to the top of it and then three miles to the bottom end of the island. So we ended up, as it, as it turned out, with the right way of getting there. So it was, it was safe. Um, our task was to have karakia and to spend our time with our tipuna at his gravesite. So uncle and others, uh, so an uncle from uh, Porangaha, Uncle Ru, led the charge on going to the gravesite and rebuilding the fence around him, a picket fence, and cleaning up the grave, doing the, the, you know, the words on it again and all that, um, and cleaning up the house that was there so that we could use that. 
and that was done. And on the last day, Uncle Sonny and him arrived with a, a bronze plaque to go on his stone and fix that, like, quarter of an hour before the service sort of thing. And so we had an unveiling. We had a whole lot of sort of ceremony there. Um, and this was in March during this 1998-year drought in Hawke's Bay. But, you know, we started karakia and the heavens opened up and drenched us. And as soon as the karakia was all over, it went back to drought. <laughs> the sun came out and it was all hot again. So we had these sort of kind of amazing uh, moments. Would you say where does that where does that leave you now? I mean, where do you put this personally? Um, this this finding the the Italian connection. Personally, I I may or may not pick up the the challenge to go back to Italy and to keep things. I will always support that now. If I find the means to do it myself, I will. But I'm actually I I played my card. It's quite clear. I took my 15 year old son. That's 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 where I'm at. That's that's who this is all about. Um, we have an uncle's generation supported by our generation, the people who are able to reach out and make that connection and just hold it. Now it's up to them. Oh, I mean, if 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 we actually get around to building things up, find out. I mean, I'm not going to rest. I I believe that sitting in Bishalia's Akolomatinos that belong to us. Uh, I'm, nothing's going to convince me otherwise. Um, someone's going to have to show me that all that family all died with no children, and none of the Bishay, none of the Colomatinos in Bishalia are remotely connected. I don't believe that. And the same like this, this coming out with this Michael Shasha, um, is starting to happen. You see, we went over there, sowed the seeds, and if there any family of ours. This fertile ground, people will pop out of that woodwork and say, "You're us. You belong to us. We belong to you." Kilda, let's let's reunite and whatever. But the the future for me is around the aspirations of our young people. And we had of our group of sixty, there would have been fifteen, you know. And I'm talking about sort of like from the fifteen year old through to the twenties, early twenties, who went. And um, they were all beautiful young people. These people went uh, all sorts of, uh, uh, and they've got their own ideas, because like I, I, my grand, my uncle and my grandchildren, and we're great grandchildren. But I sort of grew up with a pretty full knowledge of what the old family looked like, who they were, and so on. But my sons and my cousins' children and all that. They don't know who Auntie Maggie was. They don't know who Auntie Polly is. They don't know, for example, that half of Auntie Polly's children, this is the woman who married into the Blenheim community. If you go and have a look at that McDonald family, you'll find Ngati Maniapoto names all over them. Right? There's Rewi Maniapoto. There's Rewai Oterangi. There's Pare Te Momos. There's all sorts of things. And there's all these Ngati Maniapoto names. And it's because Auntie Polly and Auntie Maggie, the two oldest, were, when they were lighthouse keeping up in Raglan, they went and stayed with Rewi Maniapoto because that's our family on that side. And so Auntie Polly's family got all these Maniapoto names. Now, I know this. I know this genealogy. I could fuck a papa to them. But the next generation down don't make any connection between Rewi Maniapoto and Nicola Shasha. But I do, you know. So we're brought up 
in in a in a in a knowledge of the bigger picture. You know, I grew up with tangi hangers in Porangaho on a Kahungunu Marae, and there's a photo of Manga, or Re- and we called him Manga, but his name is Rewi Maniaputo. Everybody knows him as Rewi Maniaputo, but Papa only ever called him Manga. You know, and you said, hey, hey, go and get go up the top of our scarf home and get that photo of Manga off the wall and bring it down here. This is to Auntie Tut, this is for his sisters, Tutu Wakefield's um, uh, thing. So here's a Rokawa woman who's married to a Ngaitahu man, because that's where Uncle Wally Wakefield come from, on a Kahungunu Marae. She's part Italian, and there's a Ngati Maniaporo chief's photo hanging up above her. You know, can you put that all together and see, like, our old way was to do that? You just hang, it out, you know. Kia hanga ngā kōrero, ngā whakapapa, and the line is there because in fact it's in it, it's through um Granny Didia who was married Nicola. Her mother was Pirihira and her mother was Granny Rangiwaya, who's Ngati Kinohaku, who's the Sangati Maniapoto. And that's where the connection is. And the father was Potu, and you go back up his line, and you, you through Potu's grandfather and Rewi's grandmother, a brother and sister. And like they're clear to us, we know the genealogy, so you know why. Know why? In fact, when they went there as lighthouse keepers, the two oldest daughters were taken and got fangied for a couple of years um, in 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 uh, Rewi's home. So that's that is missing from our young people, but they will make their own connection, and they don't need to know that in order to be in Trani these days. Because you only have to pick up the internet and dial up a, you know, <laughs> dial up a search, and and I could do that for you right now. And if you if you if you did it for Trani, the first thing that will come up is the photo of the cathedral, which we just were in front of it. Now we've got as a family treasure. Um, a photo of all our family standing in front of Trani on our arrival, on, 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 on in front of the cathedral. We know the church. We were given by the bishop, the monsignor of that place. You know this um, uh, artist, like an, um, what do you call it, a print by by one of their artists of this of this cathedral. So what was only just a word, Trani is now a lot more. We have photos of us in front of it. We've been there. We've been to the house that he was born. We met the people. We met the man who lives in his house. He knows who we are. We've written to him. Uh, all that. We've made a connection. And I think that there's heaps for the young people to pick up. Taku mōhio i, i koera te āhua o ngā, ngā tāngata whakahaere ngā kaupapa, kāwanatanga, hoi anau ko, 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 ko tātou hoa pākea tō, tā, tō rātou haere ngā mai, nā rātou i whaka, whakapākeha mai, ngā ingoa Māori, ki te whakahua pākea, ne? E rā ahua tangakato. Nō reira, tērā pēkā ki te rātou i, I tāna ingoa Nikola Shasha, Nicholas Siasia, Kitate Tadinga, Pakea Nina, Mai Tawa Wakwe Ratingo Tefana, Siasia Katomato. 
kamahia e e e ngatanga to o poihaki nara tahime mate te te documentary da mo te te pakaho mo to 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 tata fana to mate fana kakawe kere ka fakate te kinga tanga to trani kiterau to rata titiro e e nga fakaho neina e fakate maya neina nga fakaro ate fana ki haire kere te kimi inga fana nga era betanga te pai hoki te te mara mo te takoto te kororo te pai hoki nga pikitia era hotanga nga waiata marama e waidua pai tene ke roto tene fana ka kiterato i ya mata nga mauri e huyane dunge te marae waiata na e kaiana e karakiana mara mana tera ki tora te titiro kiau nei ko te whakamutunga kia rātou whakaro whana paitene nō mātou ki ka tū mai ka mutu te whakāhuanei ka te brigitia nei nā ka tū mai rātou tēnā kūtou te whanau shasha familia tranese ka me mai he whanau mātou nō rātou nō te rātou ni et familia tranese tōku tu ingoa shasha harea siesia ko te whakautu o tō mātou matu a Kusani mera tātou tiwi Māori e hia nei kia pai te whakahua o te reo Māori koera te hia hia tiwi Māori hudina kare mātou e hia kia te whakarongo ko te aupau kao ko taupoke mena ko tērā te hia tiwi Māori i nā tōna tikanga e hara e siya siya ku shashake no reira ko tana whakautu e whakahau ki te family me huri me huri rā te ki te kia tikarā te whakahua i tō mātou ingoa whānau ki te reo i tā reana ki tōna tikanga arā ko shasha e hara e siya siya no reira mai tau awa i tērā oketopa tainau ki tēnei hara Ko tīmatara, ne ahua rereke nei te whakarongo i te siasia nei na, e harau i a piri siasia nei na, ko piri shashake. Nora ko tīmatara, ko mea te au, ngā mea hia hia na, mena ahua māmā ngā wari ake, ki aku tuakana whanaungara, ko te siasia o ke a rātou tērā. Engari ahau, piri shashake. Kororohi mō tēnei take te tūhono ki tō tūpuna no tāwāhi, kororohi o mō tō take i kimi hia koe i nei ahuatangi te whakapapa. Hea hai, Pedro. Kia au nei, kia au ano, ko piri tēnei kūratu nei, harei te reo mō te whānau shasha, te rape mena ko kūratau whakauti i tō pātai he reoau mō te whānau he ahua rereke taku whakahoke. Engare kūru atu anau mōku ano. Tuatahi, Tōku tipuna, te maiti whakamutunga, tamatāne whakamutunga a nīkora nei, i whānau mai rā i Waikawa, i roti i a mātau a Ngāti Kahunga, i reiri, whānau mai i reira. I mate mai hoki, e tetehi hui nui Ngāti Kahunga nui i tūki tāki timumarae, wareware au i te tau, engari nā ui te tauma, āia, ko Frank Sears i a tani ngoa. Ia mea hau i pōwhiri, haere māua. 
ki tēnei rā whakamau maharatanga mō te taenga mai o tāki te muaka. Ka e, tō rātou take e taua wā he whakarite mai tētahi kōhatu, whakamau maharatanga, he whakatapu e rabe ki a kawe atu ki waikawa whakatū ki reira. Nō reira ka pōwhiringia aia, mātou o pōranga hau, nā te me mātou te pou o te kūpenga a te huki ki a haere ki reira. Haere mau anake, kāri āhe a ngāti kere, te nuing o mātou o pōranga hau te haere ki reira, haere mātou kere. Te mutu ngeho, i mate rā taku, taku tipu ni tau a rātonu, i rote taku awhi. Kore ware ware heke katoa kuro i mate koro pēnei, oia no. Ka mate rā aia. Mai tau a wā, o te, te wero a ngāti kahungunu, mēnā e whakaiana ngāti kere te whānau ki te whakahoki aia ki rote ki pōranga hau, ki reira nehu ai, e whakaiana rātau. Engari ki... Ko, ko te hia hia ke, ki a kawea ki koputuro, ki, ki roti a ngāti i raukawa nehu ai, e kore rātou e whakai, me kawe ke ki, ki waikawa, koe rātou rātou whakaaro. Engari, te me, te, te mutu, whakai atu ki a kawea ki pōranga hau, ka nehu i te taho tō rātou, e tua hine tō mātou uh, tipuna wahine ki a wima. Nō reira, koe rātou pātai, kawea te tangata nei, ki te taho tō mātou, tuahine neho neho ai, kaua hoki ki te taho tana mama neho ai, mena ko tērā te hea, me kawe e mātou ki tana papa, nā te mei whānau ki reira. Era, era take kata i puta i taua wāra, me te, me, me te mōhio anō, i reira au i tana tahi i te wā i mate aia. Mai taua wā, ko uru rā te wairua taku, papa, taku tipuna, uh, I tōna matenga Me ngā kōrero i puta mō waikawa Mō te koroua nei Nō reira ko tāku i rapu ake Tuatahi i runga te wairua I waihua mai rā E taku tipuna ki au I te wai mate ae I mate au i roti akuringa uh, Me ngā whakahaere a ngā tika hugunu I tētahi kaupapa nei E whakatapu i te waka Ngā, ngā kōhatu Whakamau maharatanga mō te waka tākitema me nui era, kia, wairua tino hōhonu nei nei kōro kia. Nō reira, ko tairāki te whakamaumaharatanga mō te nehunga, mō te mate o te tipuna nei, ka huri aku katoa ku whakaaro ki te wai mate ai taku tipuna, me tana papa, me te whakaaro, me haere ki rā wāhi. Nā te mihoe, takea mai enei kōrero, ngā kōrero mōna i tōna ake kāinga, tōna iwi, i reo kē, i marae kē, i whare karakia kē, me haere ki reira. Nō reira ka tīmata te whakaaro, mēnā e hiehiana mātou ki a paira, ki a uru ki rotu te hōhunutanga o te kaupapa nei, te tikanga me haere ki rāi, ki reire te tuatahi. Ke ai rā, te whakāru i roti a mātou, hei te wā, e, ka tuai mātou i, I, I tōna reinga, I, te, I te, te māhe o tēnei tau, ko āhua mōhi o mātou ki aia. Nā te me hoki, ko takake, ana marae, tōna kāinga, ko tūtaki rā ki tōna iwi, ko tai rā ki re, ko moia te pō ki reira, Kua kai rā i ngā kai, kua rongo i ngā kōrero, e rā ahuatanga. Nō reira, tērā pe 
te hia hia i, I rongo nei au kāre hoki tō rātou hia hia ke, ki te ke tūtaki ki tēsi tahi tangata ora nei e tai e tātou te ki hewhanaunga hewhanaunga no mata me te ki mai a tēnā waha tēnā koe Māori hewhanaunga au kāre hoki rā kāre e, e, he tangata wa mātou tō mātou uncle tāko tō mātou cousin tōku cousin I, I, I haere ki reira i, I e rā tūtau Haere, uh, I haere rātou, engari kāri āhei te, 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 te tūtaki atu, te, te mihi atu ki tētai, e te whanaunga tēnā, koe e rāhuatanga, kāri puta. Engari, he tino hiahia no rote i te whāna, tērā pe kowai mā, ngā whanaunga i reira, mena kai te ora wetahi, me tūtaki, me kōrero, mo tēnei wāhanga o mata. Engari, a hau hoki, mō tēnei tūpuna uh, i tāriana rā, he whakanui i āia, e runga i, I ngā whakaro mō taku tūpuna anō. Karau e, he Māori a harau i tēnei i tāriana nina. Karau e pirangi ki, ki huri katoa, ki, ki tērā tāo, ki kao. Uh, mō hanau kai he au ki tūana. Tūana au i roti a Ngāti Kahungunu, i a Kaitahu. Tērā, tērā taha oku i Ngāti Raukawa me Ngāti e kororo nei au, ko mea te kia ora ngā whanaunga kai tērā taha o te manga ki a kaha ki a koutou. Kāre e tai au, te haere ki roti a Ngāti Kauguni, te haere ki roti a Kaitahu, te haere ki roti ki a Raukawa e whawhaia e mahiana. Nō reira, ko te nei au te, te whakaaro, koe nei te wāhanga ki a. Ko te kāinga, koe rata taho tōku mā pāpā, uh, me tōku whaia no kaitahua no hoki no rere koe nea kuta he marea karau e te te, te, te whakaororo i roti au ki a tū i tāre nei kore ronei au mi ki āmo whiri shasha he he rapu ngā tērā he pai engari e hari te me e kimi tūranga waiwaiana kao i nā ke tōku tōku marai ko rongo marai roa ka ngāti kere ko pōranga hau mutu ake muri i tēnā ko te, 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 te tāo tōku whaia ki rote i a ngaitau, ko muri hiku tērā, ko rua puke te, te mautere, kai te araa kiwa, ko mākere te tangata, ko enea mātau, tērā taha o mātau. Ka mutu, mutu ake, mena ka, ka kimitū ranga noa i rote i a ngāti rauko, i a mani a poto, i a, I a rangi tāne, i a ngāti kui a rānei, e ko, ko, ko he katoa. Ko ki te waka. Ki rawa. Te rapu mō ngā mokupune heki mainai. Ngā tangata e hia hia na. Ngā tangata e hia hia na. Engari roti e nei rā, hea hua māmā nā, ka whaia tētahi wāpoto, te tuhireta, te tuku e-mail, te tuku faxera mō, he pai rā. Mena ka haere mātou, hei te, te hurae ka tū ākua nei rā, uh, taku wahine. Me tāna tamāhine i te tāo, koe te kaiwhaka haere o te rōpū kanekane o whitireia. Koe te haere rātu ki reira, ki itari. Tatana tā rātou noho ki ngā kāinga e koroneia, me te tangata nei nā kua pute i mārunga te fakes nei te uh, Professor Michael Mikaere Shashana, uh, ahua tata nei ai ki te, te kāinga e haere tōku hoa me tāna rōpū. Nore he māmā i ēnei rā te, te mea te kia rā, ah, kia ora, kei kau nei mātou, hara mai? Au, oh, me tō rātou hairingati ki te tūro i arata. So he ahua māmā i roto i ēnei wā. 
Pirishasha, Itirangatira, Tenakwe. And I'm Piripifanga, ending this program of Tengatahi o Te Tau, Te Putanga o Te Hinu. Hi. This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kanapas, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air.